are a bit strange in the flat chat rap makeshift studio today my usual partner in crime sue williams isn't here in fact she's in darwin and we'll be talking to her later about why that city in the northern territory is the boomtown of australia when it comes to property we're also going to be talking about a developer who is responsible for more than a thousand apartments either newly built or in the process of being built, who suddenly come under a very bright spotlight, um, a microscope, you might say, and people have been complaining about the build quality in their blocks. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the Flat Chat column for the Australian Financial Review, and this is the Flat Chat Wrap. As I said just a few moments ago, Sue isn't here with us today in person. She's up in Darwin, and I caught up with her before she disappeared into Arnhem Land on her assignment. And uh, if there is a deterioration in sound, the fact that we're talking via Zoom should explain most of why things sound a little different this week. Here's Sue. Hi, Sue. Hi, Jimmy. You're in Darwin. Yes, I am. I came up here today and um, I'm up here doing a story. And um, gosh, it's so hot. It's fantastic. (laughs) All right. So talking about hot, Darwin is the property boomtown of Australia at the moment. Yeah, it's kind of like the epicenter, really, especially for apartments, which is nice. Because I remember a few years ago, apartment prices in Darwin absolutely crashed through the floor. A friend of ours bought an apartment up here and thought it would be a fantastic investment. And in fact, it turned out to be, you know, one of the worst things he'd ever bought. But had he hung on, yeah. I mean, over, the, over the last year, apartments have done incredibly well up here. But, you know, that was during the GFC and everybody suffered to some extent, but Darwin suffered especially badly. They seem to be affected up there to some extent the same way that they are in WA with the boom and bust with the mines and whatnot. Yeah, because they're so dependent on resources. So it depends so much on resource prices. I think in Darwin more recently, the public sector has become a really big investor in the economy. So it seems to be a bit more resilient and it's really picked up now. I think it's, it's kind of done quite well out of covid because there are so many people up here from interstate and they're all trying to escape from COVID and they think that that the Northern Territory is pretty safe because they've had so few active cases of COVID. And as well, you know, the Northern Territory promises a really kind of easy lifestyle. I mean, for some people it would be a bit quiet, but for others, you know, it's a perfect lifestyle really. I was talking to someone tonight from who's just relocating here from Adelaide. And they were saying, it's so lovely and warm here. It's freezing cold in Adelaide. And Adelaide is just a bit too busy for them. Right. Kind of hard to imagine when you're from Sydney or Melbourne. Mm. But um, I guess Darwin, the pace of life is so much more slow. Yeah. And, um, you know, people just kind of enjoy themselves. I mean, I went to a bar this afternoon and spent a very pleasant couple of hours there with some friends. And then I went for dinner at another friend's place and 
you know, it was actually really convivial and enjoyable and relaxed and everyone's in a really good mood because the weather's so warm. Um, mm. Start of the tourist season here, so everywhere's packed. Right. Um, and, and as you know, rents have gone up hugely here as well. I mean, the vacancy rate in some parts of rural Northern Territory is zero. Right. <laughs> I mean, a vacancy rate of zero. I mean... <laughs> That's so hard if you want to go and rent something, really. Well, I dug out some figures this afternoon. Property prices in, and we're talking about house prices in Darwin, in the past year have gone up 50%. Yeah, that's incredible, isn't it, really? An apartment price. not far behind. 43. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. that's just crazy money, isn't it? It really is. And I think rents have gone up um, quite a lot as well, haven't they? Well, I didn't look at rents. I was oh, just okay. astonished at the prices. <laughs> the rents for apartments have gone up by over 6%. Oh, that's a bit disappointing, isn't it? Oh, no, 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 sorry. I've got it wrong. The medium unit rent has gone up by 10.3% over the yeah, year. That's more that's like not it. bad, is it? 10.3%, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not bad unless you're a tenant. <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. And I think... Um, the problem is because so many people are moving up here, there's huge pressure on, on rental places, you know, mm. it's just with very low vacancy rates. And as you mentioned earlier to me today before I left, you were saying about how Airbnb is really active again now because domestic tourism is so huge. Yeah. Um, well, look, it was hard for me to find a hotel room up here. Wow. Um, and so lots of apartments now have gone back into Airbnb. So um, it's making it the squeeze even tighter, really. Yeah, it would do. It would do. I mean, the, the one thing about Darwin that always struck me is you really feel like you're on the edge of Asia, don't you? Yeah, you do. You really do. I mean, you're kind of you're looking out from Darwin. You're looking out over the Timor Sea, and uh, it's incredibly blue, and it just feels so tropical here. It's just so green and lush. And you go down to the Mindel Beach Markets tonight, and it's just teeming with um, fantastic Asian food stores. Mm. And uh, gosh, it's incredible. You can just buy some food there and just sit on the sand. You don't want to go in the water because of the crocodiles, obviously. Obviously. But you sit on the sand, <laughs> a very safe distance from the edge, and then eat and watch the sunset. And it's absolutely glorious watching the sunset over the water. Yeah. Really, really beautiful. Sounds very nice. Okay, so Darwin is well. Probably, if you're thinking of investing in Darwin, you're you're already too late because I would think that would have to be unsustainable. Those prices, wouldn't you? Well, certainly that rate of growth. But then again, prices are probably still rising. But even if they rise by even half that rate or even a quarter of that rate, that's still a pretty good investment, really. Yeah. And you kind of wonder if. With COVID, whether these lifestyle changes are going to become permanent, like all the people from interstate, particularly the Victorians coming up here at the moment, maybe they they will stay. Maybe they will really like it here and they'll stay. And yep. so Darwin could become a real boom town again. Right. Like Adelaide with sunshine. Actually, Adelaide's yeah. not too bad. <laughs> It's, it's all right. <laughs> Adelaide's a great place, actually. I like Adelaide a lot. All right. Okay. It is a great time to visit Darwin, though, because it's, you know, the start of the dry season. The weather's really warm and balmy. I mean, 
the taxi driver I got from the airport was complaining because he said it was 25 degrees early in the morning. He said, oh, it was so cold. He had to put a coat on. <laughs> and you think, wow. And then it went up to 35 degrees. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, um, it is a lovely temperature. It's not so great around Christmas time, of course, when it's really hot and steamy. Oh, just before, but, yeah, the build-up when the you can mm. sense the storms are coming, but they're not here yet. Mm. But if you're in a nice apartment with a balcony, and there are so many apartments here that have been built over the last 10 years, really, really incredible high-rise places, and they look a bit out of place because, you know, Darwin is still a little town in lots of ways, but it's got these massive great towers all along the waterfront, along Mitchell Street now, and Palmerston, Fanny Bay, everywhere really. They've all got fabulous views of the water. Right. You could do you could do worse. You really could. Apart from the crocodiles. Well, <laughs> well I don't true. go in the water anyway, so it doesn't bother me. No. And over the last few years, Darwin has really improved because, you know, it's hard being surrounded by water and you can't actually go in it. But obviously on the waterfront now, they have these two um, artificial pools surrounded mm. by sand. Mm. And one's a wave pool and one's just a regular swimming pool. Oh, wow. And they're really, really nice. I mean, tonight um, people were sitting out on the sand underneath the shade of the trees and other people were swimming there. Kids were playing in the wave pool. It's a really kind of lovely area. And that has really helped Darwin, I think. Oh, great. Um, because it's nice to be able to go in the water. And no signs of these uh, apartment blocks falling down? Not yet, no. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> I don't know what the inspection regime is like up here. It's possibly a little less um, rigorous than down south. But, yeah, but um, if you do it so too far, badly, so they just feed you to the crocodiles. Um, <laughs> talking about inspections, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to chat about what seems like another big scandal in buildings. That's after this. Well, I, I hate to drag you back to the mundane goings-on in Sydney, but it seems like there's a developer getting, let's say, a level of scrutiny with which they may not be entirely comfortable. <laughs> well, that's certainly right, yeah. It's, it does seem to be really galvanising everybody's attention, doesn't it, really? Yeah, because you alerted me to a story and and we'll put links to this in the in the show notes. But you alerted me to a story about a developer in Parramatta and uh, complaints. You know, he was being taken to the tribunal about uh, some alleged defects. I actually found the wrong story about the same developer with a five block development in Castle Hill and. Mm. Somebody had, they're calling him a whistleblower. It sounds to me like I, I would call him an extremely worried house purchaser or apartment purchaser had sent all these pictures to the ABC of cracks in the building. And, and these, this is a development of 960 apartments. Wow. You know, we all got very anxious about Opal Towers. That was only 390 units. This is mm. 960 apartments. And you've now seen the pictures. They're pretty awful, aren't they? They are. Yeah, I think they were they were given by a whistleblower to the ABC, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And the ABC have shown them on their website. And they do look extraordinarily awful. 
Well, the I big mean, cracks. We have to be careful. We have to be careful because yeah. you know we we obviously don't know yeah. whether these are significant or not. But certainly to the naked eye, it doesn't look great. Well, it's a huge long crack somewhere in the. I think it's in the basement in the car park of the building somewhere down there, and they've been kind of joined up with inch thick metal plates. About a dozen of these huge metal plates that. They really do look like Band-Aids, don't they? Yeah, they do. I mean, it doesn't look a very tidy solution. Maybe that's possibly what people do with big cracks in buildings, but... Yeah, it's possible. The cracks should be there, yeah. Well, you know, I, I was thinking about this. I thought we'll have to be careful about what we're saying because we are not engineers and we are not builders. But neither are the journalists from the ABC. And the no, developers right. invited them to come in and have a look at this. Mm, Which yep. I guess they they probably didn't have much choice. Really. <laughs> well, the other choice was to say, you know, nothing to see here. <laughs> there is no sure. problem. But I, my, I think with with both apartment developments, the one in Castle Hill and then the one in Parramatta along the riverside, it seems that now um, the certifiers are getting involved, and the building commissioner and fair trading. Yeah, and obviously with the one in Castle Hill, they've actually. No, I think the one in Parramatta, they've started Supreme Court action, haven't they? The, yeah, it's the a bit more, it's a bit further on. They've got their certificate, they've moved in, and they're now mm. trying to get the uh, any defects fixed. The one in Castle Hill is a bit different. Now, they are on their third certifier. So the first, yeah. the first certifier that they had just went out of business. The second certifier quit. And they're now on their third certifier and the very bland sort of fair trading reports are the certifier is, you know, doing their job now in checking the building. But I have a feeling, this is just my theory and I may be wrong, but this whistleblower is looking at this development and, and thinking, I really need them to never get a certificate of occupancy because if they don't get that, I can get my deposit back. And oh, if, right. if they do get it, then I'm looking, I can look forward to the next few years spending time in and out of courts and tribunals trying to get all this stuff fixed. Oh, gosh. Yeah, absolutely. There's always that backstory. And the backstory is always one of real depression and misery and anxiety and, and worry. I mean, an apartment purchase is going to be one of the biggest purchases any of us are ever going to make in our lives. Yeah. And it's just awful when things start to go wrong or look as if they are going wrong. And we all do feel terribly helpless. And uh, oh, let's hope that this situation gets sorted out soon. Well, you know, I think we're in a transition phase. David Chandler coming in last year to, to rectify deficiencies in apartments while they're being built. And what we're mm. seeing is the tail end of apartments that apparently allegedly have defects are being taken to courts and to the tribunal and the beginning of apartments where he and his team have gone in and said okay you need to fix this or you're not getting an occupation certificate and this castle hill development kind of feels like it's in the middle they didn't mm. get it finished quickly enough <laughs> so they've got fair trading coming around and saying we well basically fair trading all fair trading is saying is we've got our eye on you. We are watching, we're aware, we're going to be checking. Mm, yeah. But 
But I think those band-aid metal, I mean, I've never seen anything like that in a building ever. No, 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 absolutely. And as you say, the size of the building is a huge worry too. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of people and a lot of people who, the majority of whom probably have no idea what their rights are in in terms of uh, getting their money back Mm. if things go seriously wrong. Yep, quite possibly. And, you know, those apartments along the riverside in Parramatta, that they were being held as, you know, opening up Parramatta to a much bigger population because great to have apartments along the riverside, you know, great views of the Parramatta River and this beautiful grassy banks along there. It's a really lovely place to live. And as soon as they went up, you started thinking, well, why didn't they, why weren't there apartments around there before? Mm. But, um, so it's a, a terrible situation that so much doubt is being cast over um, their structural integrity now. Well, you don't know how bad things are there and whether it's just, I mean, there's a certain element in this, in the new regime of checking these things, is that people are suddenly becoming aware of the possibility that there might be defects in their building. And Mm. uh, it's not necessarily that things are worse than they used to be. Uh, They might Mm. even be better than they used to be, but people are just more aware. Mm, Absolutely. Because isn't the OCN, the Owners Corporation Network, don't they have another... Um, seminar up soon about um, <laughs> apartments. You know they do. Responsibilities. Yes. You know perfectly well. <laughs> it's on, I think, July 20th. Again, we'll put the details on the website. You know, that old saying, what goes around comes around. It's going to be uh, David Chandler's going to be there. Um, uh, Kevin Anderson is going to be there, the fair trading minister, and a couple of people from fair trading. And I think at least three of those four people I have insulted at some point in the past. And I'm hosting the thing. Goodness me. So, You're going to have an interesting yeah. time. So I think mm. we'll, we'll start the uh, the session with, uh, you know, welcome to country and uh, an apology to, <laughs> to everyone taking part. We'll see. That should be very entertaining. Well, you know, it'd be be worth the ticket price. That's yeah, uh, yeah that's that's <laughs> something. So yeah, that's something for us all to look forward to. I shall uh, be mending fences um, <laughs> as opposed to my usual thing of burning bridges. Sue, thanks for taking time. Uh, it's, I know you've you just flew up there today, and it's been very. Uh, it must be you must be exhausted. Yes, but I've still got one more story to write. Oh, my God. I'm just going to do that before I go to bed. So, um, yes, but it's a great pleasure to talk to you, Jimmy. I miss you. Oh, I miss you too. And we always have so much fun in these things, spending the first half hour trying to get the bloody computers to work. (laughs) We finally made it. We did. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye, Sue. Cheers, Jimmy. Bye. And that was Sue Williams, who is now, as I record this, on her way to Arnhem Land. The fact that she wasn't here means that the podcast is a little bit shorter this week. But before I go, I just want to mention something that I mentioned in the introduction to the weekly newsletter, which was a thing about notices and lifts. And that got a very interesting reaction from one of our regular readers, uh, Richard Depici, who sent me a cutting or a link to a newspaper story from Scotland about two men who basically threw a sofa off a roof and ended up in court. 
interesting outcome from that particular case. And there's a link to that on the show notes, along with everything else that we've been discussing today. Sue will be back to talk to us again next week, with any luck. Until then, thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Wrap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, flat-chat.com.au. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Flat Chat Wrap with a W, click on subscribe, and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again. Talk to you again next week.